Ransomware has become impossible to ignore. Major incidents against the likes of Colonial Pipeline, meat processor JVS, and the Irish Healthcare Service have shown how disruptive ransomware can be. And it shows how it's successful with one of these organizations paying a ransom of millions of dollars to the cyber criminals. So how has ransomware got this bad and how can it be stopped? I'm Danny Palmer, this is ZDNet Security Update, and with me to discuss ransomware is John Holquist, VP of Analysis at Mandiant Threat Intelligence. Thanks for joining me, John. So first of all, how has ransomware reached this point? Because it wasn't always big sums of millions of dollars that were being taken. It started out with ransoms for just hundreds of dollars. Yeah, you know, at some point it was really about sort of a scaled up approach against a lot of different targets. We are really just going after single computers and, you know, you would get on a computer and lock it up and then somebody would pay, um, you know, would pay to basically uh, unlock their family photos uh, with Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin was a big, was the big sort of primary movement. Our primary capability there that, are, that kind of dro dro drove a lot of this because it suddenly made, you know, the monetization process. Uh, so much easier. And monetization is a big piece, you know, it's always been sort of a um, uh, a bottleneck for, for criminals, right? This is where, where a lot of the operations, despite, you know, how extensive and amazing they could be, at some point, you've got to figure out how to get the money out. Uh, and Bitcoin solved that problem. And so when we first saw this stuff, they were basically leveraging Bitcoin to, you know, get people to pay quick quickly to un, un, uh, unlock their computers. Um, but at some point, we watched these adversaries convert from uh, sort of the onesie twosies uh, against single computers to post-compromise uh, incidents. Um, and so rather than, you know, just one computer that gets locked up, we watched these adversaries make extensive compromise of major networks belonging to organizations with the ability to pay, you know, large ransoms. Um, and, and then, uh, and then pay out, uh, you know, sums that, you know, started off in, you know, in, in the thousands that moved up to the hundreds of thousands and are now in the tens of millions. Uh, so, uh, it, it really, the post sort of post compromised, uh, piece of that really drove, really drove this to, to, to such a, you know, high cost. So when it comes to conducting the attacks, how are cyber criminals entering these networks and applying the ransomware? And has this happened this way because it's simply the easiest way for cyber criminals to make money from a network they've compromised? Yeah, I think there's like a, a uh, there is a bit of, you know, sort of low hanging fruit that's uh, associated with this problem, right? You hear, you know, after the fact, you'll hear that, you know, there was some vulnerability that seemed, you know, uh, solvable. Uh, or patchable, um, you know, or, or some sort of social engineering compromise may have led to, led to the ultimate compromise. That's something that we're seeing as well, like uh, spear phishing emails. Um, <clears throat> but uh, at, at this point, I, I think we're we're at this point where, uh, yeah, you, they are still hitting this low hanging fruit. But there's so much money in this problem that I, I'm concerned that. It's not about being low-hanging fruit anymore, right? If if you're worth forty million dollars to, to someone to compromise, uh, is your security good enough to prevent somebody who's at you know who thinks they can get forty million dollars out of you? 
Uh, and that's a really hard question to answer. Uh, and that's a, just, you know, and a really difficult risk to manage. Uh, and that's where it's where we've gotten. So, you know, now where uh, the, because the prices of the, the prices of these ransoms have just skyrocketed and, and it, 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 it's almost, there's, you know, it's almost going to be really hard, even harder than ever for organizations to secure themselves after an actor who can afford, for instance, advanced capabilities to, to gain access. And uh, we've seen uh, increasingly this year how they're not attackers aren't just encrypting data and saying, hey, give me a bunch of money. They're also saying, give us a bunch of money or we'll release this, all yeah. this information we've stolen, which is yeah. just adding to the problem now. Yeah, so that's, what's a, that's one of the more interesting things. And I think that has a lot to do with this concept of post-compromise. So, uh, you know, one of the things that are one of the sort of factors in post-compromise is they are these actors. The adversary is is making a commitment to a target, right? It goes from the sort of onesie twosie, automated incident where uh, I don't really have to commit on any target, right? I hit it or I don't. It doesn't matter to me because because it's all coming. The money's all coming back. Well, you got to. This is sort of a different. This is a different game entirely because I've now got to pay someone. Really, that's how the the the, the model works, but. I'm going to pay someone to gain access or, you know, gain access over a long period of time or, you know, or at least work, do some, spend some time and energy in getting into an organization. And that means I want, and, and I, I want to make sure I have a certain amount of sunk costs. I want to make sure that, that organization pays out. Um, and that means, uh, and that means I'm going to have to do things like one, pick organizations that are more willing to pay out. Right. That means or, or capable of paying out. So I'm going to hit or I'm going to focus on organizations with the, the amount, you know, enough cash to pay me. Right. Or that are, are so worried about uptime that they will pay me. Right. So, um, you know, we talked about some of these critical infrastructure targets. We recently those are organizations that are extremely interested in uptime. They have to get back online. Right. And they're willing to pay to do that. Uh, but the other piece of that is uh, there, you know, we, we th these guys have to, like, I've sunk all these costs in hitting your network. I'm going to force you to pay, right? Even if you make the decision, hey, I can get past this ransomware stuff. Now I have this other, other piece of this because now am I ransoming your, you know, your data or, or, or locking up your data, I'm taking it with me. And then I'm going to start leaking it, right? And that was this, that was the other major sort of evolution here, right? It was this extortion uh, bit. So we start, you know, a couple of actors start with there's websites where they started leaking data, and then it just became a thing, right? Where where all of them are doing this, and they're all doing that to compel these uh, these organizations to pay out. Um, and if you're an organization and your intellectual property is being leaked out to your competitors. Uh, you might be in some sort of legal jeopardy for God knows what, you know, you know, or information is coming out uh, because of that. And you, and you, and you may have uh, serious brand repercussions, right? Um, from, from not, for no other reason than somebody might think that your organization is insecure. Uh, so there are a lot of reasons why this would, you know, further compel somebody to just pay out. So these groups, these criminal operations, Nick, there's, there's no one homogenous mass uh, conducting the, all of these attacks, but 
who are these uh, criminals? Because there's quite a few notorious ransomware gangs, or well, at least the ones around this year, because you know, these groups seem to come and go, but there's a few that seem to stick around and be more infamous than others. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, that's sort of uh, uh, a part of the, the way the marketplace operates, where you would re you'll rec start recognizing sort of brands, right? Um, because the, the brand is, is part of the way they get you to pay out, right? You recognize this brand, you know that they're capable, they, what they do in the, you know, in the past, they have a website, right? Um, they also have like, there's a certain, I think, expectation that they're going to abide by the, you know, abide by the rules, right? If, if you play by the rules, that they're going to play by the rules too. So brand sort of plays in that. And so we start recognizing, recognizing these names. Um, I, I also think there's a lot of confusion sometimes when people see, say, the ransomware name, right, and, and assume that's the entire uh, business model, right, like that there's a one ransomware gang, and they're going after your org, uh, when in fact it's an affiliate model, right, these are all ransomware as a service, so, um, and the important thing to remember about cybercrime, and I've done most of my career, has been focused on sort of nation state threats, right, which is uh, all sort of geopolitics driven, right? And, and you're always like, oh, well, there's a big conference coming up, big summit coming up. We know that there's a bunch of like crazy things that are going to happen uh, in, in support of that. Instead of geopolitics, you, you know, it's all economics in, in, in crime. And, and it is really like all the economic principles are at play uh, and the stuff that you would see in any other marketplace. And, you know, one of them is, for instance, specialization and and you know you see these developing business models and ransomware as a service is, is is one that has really taken off and it's been extremely effective. And what it is is sort of two part two two parties uh, system, right? Is one is the is the brand the developer, um, and they're developing the ransomware. Um, they are running a lot of the extortion operations. So uh, after you get compromised, they are sort of uh, the one putting the pressure on your organization. Uh, they have the brand, they have the customer service, right? Uh, they're the ones you negotiate with um, and, and they're really running the development, right? So they're constantly doing the R&D. Um, and on the other side of that, you have the affiliates, right? And these are the, these are the orgs that are going out and uh, affecting first, like basically those compromises. And they might, by the way, be working with <laughs> other players as well, who, been, who might have gotten them a foothold somewhere and then passed on those footholds, which they then purchased and then, and then maybe more extensively opened up and then brought in and brought in the ransomware. So they'll be the ones who deploy the ransomware on a target, which is then sort of taken up and they're doing a uh, taken up by the uh, ransomware as a service group. And then there's a profit sharing that's going on between the two of them. Um, it, I was trying to think of a you know way to sort of relate this and uh, uh, I don't know exactly how it plays out in Europe, but in the United States, a lot of beverage companies kind of operate this way, like Coca-Cola. For instance, Coca-Cola Maine, the one we kind of think about all the time, runs the brand. They run, they develop the, the new, you know, Coke Zeros and, and all the new and all the new uh, drinks. Um, but somebody else does the bottling and delivery, right? That's a whole nother problem. Uh, and so there's these bottling companies that are actually separate from Coke Maine that are the ones who are getting that Coke into your hands. Uh, but even though that they're being delivered a recipe or parts of the recipe, 
that they may actually then, you know, uh, you know, bottle. You mentioned uh, these nation state threat actors uh, a minute ago. When it comes to the sophistication of these ransomware developers, how do they compare to nation state threat actors now? Because it seems a lot of the time, a lot of the same tools, techniques and procedures are used uh, in ransomware attacks as are used in uh, nation state attacks. I mean, they could even be seeing, oh, that, no, that nation state is doing this, that works. We can make some money off that by using it for ransomware. Well, you know, it's funny, um, you know, in, in some regards, uh, state players are following in the, in the, uh, in the footsteps of the criminals in, in this space here, uh, even the more advanced state players. So, um, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time looking at the actor that we call Sandworm. This is a uh, Russian GRU actor involved in the 2016 election shenanigans, uh, but they're probably best known for having turned out the lights twice in, in Ukraine. Um, and in order to do that, they had to do basically affect these like uh, really complex compromises of their, of their grid. Um, and and they were, they've been slowly developing or using uh, some, some malware that is essentially like purpose built for industrial control systems, right? Some really cool cutting edge stuff. But the most, the most aggressive attack they've been involved with was basically a fake ransomware attack. It was a ransomware attack. It was just that it was ransomware that never, you just couldn't unlock, right? And, and so the, I think, you know, this, this, this capability is, is, is like, is so useful uh, that you know, state actors are starting to use it and it's blurring the lines. Uh, the other thing is, is we're watching you know, we know that North Koreans are using ransomware. Uh, Iranians are using ransomware. It's it's a great way to, and and we're not sure in some cases whether or not it's attack, or if it's uh, you know if it's uh, fundraising. Uh, so it's blurring a lot of the lines here. And I expect that the criminals are going to start continue to sort of teach uh, state actors here uh, a thing or two, uh, and. Uh, I, I really think they're actually on the bleeding edge. And, and here's the other incredible thing is there's so much money now coming in to this space. So, you know, one of the things that we saw, for instance, um, uh, the, the, the not Pekka incident, right? One of the pieces of it was this eternal blue uh, 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 vulnerability, right? This came out, this allegedly came out of the NSA or some US capability. I don't think that's ever been, you know, incredible perfectly uh, validated, but uh, the thought, uh, the theory is, is that it sort of came out of the United States, like U.S. cyber capabilities. Uh, so here was this, uh, you know, U.S. you know state capability that's that was sort of driving this act action. Well, uh, you know, if there's this much money coming into cyber crime, you can expect that to sort of flip, right? Rather than the criminals leveraging those vulnerabilities after the nation states have basically been caught red-handed with them, you can start to expect that now that the criminals are gonna be using these vulner the vulnerabilities, or the exploits, excuse me, the exploits first, rather than the other way around. Uh, and that's something that uh, I think we, we might uh, see in the future. And it's quite interesting how, you know, you look at the colonial pipeline ransomware incident. I mean, there's probably nation states that would love to be able to cause that amount of disruption. And in this case, a ransomware gang has done it, and it seems that they have 
maybe bitten off more than they can chew in this regard in terms of how uh, uh, Darkseid, uh, the ransomware as a service operation, has reacted after um, essentially the US government is trying to come down on them. Yeah, I, I mean, and so that, that I think that's another really, that's a good point. So I don't think they, they necessarily want that this much notoriety, right? Of course, they want to be like recognized, in the, in, you know, when they, when you ransom someone, you just want them to pay, right? So, uh, but I don't think they necessarily want the U.S. government on their on their trail. They, they probably took a step too far. I'm sure that the other ransomware gangs are pretty upset with them. Uh, but you know, there have been a handful of players who have continuously stepped over the lines. Uh, one of the actors. Uh, one of the actors in particular, one actor that we tracked in particular, has shown a regular interest in in healthcare systems. Um, and this was like mid-pandemic, right, when the, the the margins in the healthcare systems were so razor thin, and you know, and and it was so important that everything was working at optimal, you know, sort of optimal uh, capability, and they were hitting it then. And, and and we had we were there were ransomware players who came out at the beginning of the pandemic and said, look, we're not going to touch this. We're criminals, not animals, or something like that. We're never gonna we're never gonna you know go that far. But somebody did. Somebody recognized it's a great place to get a payout, and they went after it. Um, and I think that shows that you know some of these guys will will sort of self regulate. I expect a, a bit of self regulation. Uh, but you know, when everybody else self-regulates, there's always, there's, you know, there, there's, there's almost, you know, it's a good chance that somebody is going to come out of the woodwork and decide this is the, the sector they want no matter what. Um, and I think that's something we're probably going to see from, from now on because of the amount of money that's involved here. Uh, but, uh, and, and inability to regulate this, these guys are not going to see a jail cell anytime soon, unfortunately, unless for instance, we get uh the kremlin to play along that raises a good point because you know there's been many instances where uh, ransomware victims and you know, governments uh, both the us and uk governments for instance have identified uh, ransomware group x as the culprits but because this group works in uh, parts of the world where they're hardly likely to send uh, people to the united states for example to uh, stand trial there's almost they're almost getting away with it because in that regard yeah i i think that uh you know russia I, so, so they're not all out of russia i should make that clear they're right operating out of other eastern european countries they're operating at places like ukraine the difference is, is that uh the ukrainian government's always been an, you know an excellent uh partner with with a lot with regard to a lot of this stuff uh we don't expect anything from russia. we don't expect russia to play play nicely here um and then there's some question of whether or not uh this is essentially you know national capability right um it's keeping us on our toes it's keeping us distracted uh it's undermining our government uh which is by the way the goal of their actual state capabilities uh you know the the the, the not petya capability right the the guy the sandworm capability the sandworm stuff that we saw other uh, elsewhere even in the election whole point of that capability is to undermine institutions, right? It doesn't, it was not going to take America to its knees through cyber. That's not really a, a possible outcome. What is a possible outcome is that our institutions look weak and incapable of securing us. 
And this criminal activity is doing exactly that, right? We, we are now going to have to go and negotiate with, you know, with uh, Vladimir Putin over this and the long line of other things and a long list of other things. And we'll probably have to give something to get him to just to, to, to put us, you know, to, to do something to disrupt this. Um, and, and it's unfortunate. Ransomware has been a growing problem for a while. So what is it about the uh, colonial pipeline attack? It seems to have uh, spurred action on this. I mean, I guess ultimately, is it something that hits the, for want of a better term, real world? And rather than just being, oh, look, some files are locked, it's you can't yeah. get gas anymore because yeah. the, the systems are shut down. I mean, look, we, we knew this was coming. Everybody knew this was coming. Um, in the last year when the hospital stuff was going, we were screaming at the top of our lungs, this is gonna happen. We've got we've we've got to you know start thinking about this now. We got to take stronger action. Uh, so nobody's nobody's uh, really surprised, I think, you know, in, in the sort of threat intel community. Uh, you know, we, we knew this was was going to happen. But it did, it's affecting consumers now, right? It's it it's not behind closed doors. Uh, <laughs> People couldn't get gas. I mean, there were gas lines right outside of my home, uh, right down the like a block away. Uh, that that you know people were were backed up, and and that's ransomware affecting their everyday lives. Um, and it won't be the last time, by the way. Um, we are deep into a vicious cycle uh, that we are going to have to work very hard to dig ourselves out of. Um, and, and there's a lot of things that we can do, um, but. I don't think it's going to change overnight. One uh, particularly interesting element of the uh, colonial pipeline incident is how uh, the Bitcoin that was paid in the ransom, a lot of it has been seized uh, by the US government. Uh, so how, so two things here, uh, we touched on it earlier. So how important is Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in uh, ransomware? And how does uh, elements like this, like the government seizing that money, uh, no, they we're talking millions of dollars here, how does that uh, disrupt ransomware? Well, so monetization, when, when it comes to cybercrime, monetization like, becomes really complicated. Uh, it's always been sort of the bottleneck, right? You can get your hands on a bajillion you know, credit card numbers or sort of uh, any kind of token for, for money, but they, they, the part where you convert it you know, do mules or something like that. That's where it, it's where all everything stops. Um, and and cryptocurrencies provided sort of a way around that because it's you know it allows them to sort of move this this cash freely around uh, outside of you know outside of the regular systems. It, it's just it's just provided a much easier monetization string. Um, and uh, uh, it's a big piece of it. And I don't want to say it's not necessarily the cryptocurrency. Is like is is fueling this the the money you know the the, the tremendous payouts are are fueling are, are fueling this uh, cryptocurrency just you know makes the monetization monetization you know uh, easier um, and, you know I, I would say that at some point just like um, uh, sort of the rise of e-commerce led to a certain amount of uh, of of, uh, of crime you know increased crime. It, it's, just, it's sort of a similar concept, uh, but um, we do have this opportunity now to sort of step in and look at how 
how, you know, if we can disrupt those streams, like we've done with regular, you know, regular monetary streams uh, in the case of terrorism, as it's been sort of been uh, compared to lately. And this move by the DOJ, I think is, is just awesome, right? We are thinking about this problem in a totally different way. I am sure that there have been dozens upon dozens of FBI field offices that have open cases on 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 these Russian, uh, you know, or on these on these ransomware gangs, right? The, the, they absolutely have open cases, and there's a possibility down the line that we might, you know, affect some arrests. But we are really not at at liberty to uh, to really focus on that right now. We have to focus on disruption. The problem is out of control. It has to be stemmed, and the best way to do that is probably to go after the money. Um, there's some other opportunities. These are, like I said, these are businesses. They have, they have, uh, uh, you know, people who work in uh, all these different sort of uh, jobs within these business roles within these businesses. I'm sure they have Excel spreadsheets and and all the sort of trappings of office life. Um, all that stuff can be disrupted. Um, uh, and I think we need to be right now focusing on every opportunity we can find to disrupt their behavior. Um, and that could be separating them from the other, you know, the other criminals who might, we might we might regard as less dangerous. Uh, some of that is going on right now. Some of the other criminals, by the way, uh, the forums are kicking out the, the ransomware operators. Uh, I would love to see it, uh, us take an active role in driving wedge between, between them and, and the sort of their criminal brethren. Uh, I would love to see us attack their sort of uh, business uh, the, the sort of trappings of their business and, and disrupt it, but I think, but I think the money is is the really really uh, strong place to start. And when it comes to protecting against ransomware attacks, what can organizations do to make sure that they're not the next victim? They're not the next uh, person or organization we're speaking out as being a big victim of a ransomware attack. Um, so I think you know. You know, when we talk about sort of preventing them, and there's a lot of things you can do to prevent uh, ransomware attacks. Uh, but uh, the, I think the other half of this problem is just being prepared for a ransomware attack, right? So, um, do you have a plan if if your information starts leaking out? Do you have uh, you know Do you have suitable backups? Can you get back online in time? Well, you're not going to feel constrained or or, or pressure, as much pressure from an actor like this. Uh, I think that's super important as well. And that goes all the way from, you know, backups to what, what, what's, the, what's the CEO going to say out loud when this happens? Uh, so public communications plan. All those pieces need, need to be in place now and not, you know, not when it, when it hits the fan. Hopefully, uh, anyone watching this can uh, take uh, this information to their, uh, no, their CEO and say, you know, hey, you know, help defend us now. Uh, thanks for joining me on ZDNet Security Update, John. It's been a very interesting discussion about ransomware. And for more information on how to protect your network from ransomware and other cyber attacks, be sure to like and subscribe to ZDNet YouTube channel. And of course, keep reading ZDNet. Thanks for watching.